Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Good. So uh, we're going to start now. Is that all right? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, thanks for doing the show. This has been like a three-year-in-the-making podcast episode, and I really appreciate it, buddy. Cool, man. Yeah. So, uh, we we follow each other on Twitter, and I uh, met you at the Irvine Improv. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then we were supposed to catch up at the Bray Improv, but then they kicked me out because they didn't believe me that uh, we were talking on Twitter. They thought they were like... It was a fake Sinbad account or something. But you know what? Now they hit for, I think about two, three years ago when my Twitter people come backstage, I took it backstage. Now, I think the game is caught up now. A lot of clubs and theaters have caught up more to it. But back then, yeah. they're like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, like, see, like when you first started stand-up, was it a lot harder for other comics to talk to other comics because like there was no cell phones or social media you know what I mean it was all word for no. me no man we, are, we were social media and the opposite we were able to talk to each other yeah. it's actually harder now I, I don't think social media or so called social media made life more social I don't think life is more social yeah. I think people cherry, cherry pick who they talk to but it didn't make access uh, I think nothing better than a bunch of comics sitting down after the show, eating breakfast or comic, walking up another comic and talking about his show. That's how it used to be. Yeah. That, the good old days, because for me, it, it's hard because, uh, you know, it's like word of mouth. Like, you know, if, people, if someone says you're funny, you know, you're funny. But now, like, they, you got to watch videos and all that stuff. And people don't really have time for that, you know? Well, what it is back then, a, a comedy club was set up. So an audience didn't mind seeing a new comic. Matter of fact, audiences at a comedy club love finding new comics on the way up. The headliner might be somebody you never heard of. Yeah. And and usually when you do, he came up through the ranks. Well, I used to see him open. All memories of Millac. So you almost kind of, they were almost kind of happy to see you succeed because they could brag about, I've been watching you since I saw you when you started out. It was like something kind of a a, a relationship between you and the audience. But now it's um it's it's whatever it is, man. It's some other stuff. Well, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was because um, you're you're very you're a very clean comic, and I'm a PG thirteen comic. But I heard that the the cleaner you are, the more you'll work. So I was just wondering, do you have any advice that's on? Not, that's not that's that's not true. It's not. I, I think if you're, I think it's not true because I'm I'm no I'm, I don't know what I am. I don't know you even use the word clean. I don't know. I'm I'm funny. Yeah. That's only that's the only uh you know adjective I want. Doesn't matter if I'm clean or dirty. When I started off, I was more dirty than I am now. Yeah, it's, it's a choice I made. But just if you're funny, you'll work. Yeah, and not always will be true. Now there's some th- the place you can work when you're clean that you can't work if you're dirty. But there's a certain uh, there's a certain uh, Hollywood love the dirty, the bad boy. They love that because somehow they think that you're dirty, you're you're more hip. Yeah, right. <laughs> or that you're like you're, you're more edgy. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you know. You know, these cats come from the same backgrounds as anybody else. Yeah. So, so what gets you work is being funny, man. Yeah. 
But, but you said yourself you, you were dirtier when you were younger and now you're not as dirty. Like, is that something you just grew into or was it like easier to no, write I that was, way? No, I was, I, I was dirty when I started. I was, and then my dad came to my show and I cleaned it up one night. Yeah. And then somebody said to me, wow, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it's a comic I can go see. And would you continue to do that? And I was like, oh man, I don't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> but plus, but so what I made, I made a deal with myself. I will be just as, as militant. I will just be as belligerent on stage. I just want to use certain words. And I found out it's the wordage that those that makes somebody hip in Hollywood. Not like not your stance on life, not how you carry yourself, but the actual words that come out of your mouth. Yeah. It's almost like being a potty potty mouth kid. And people go, like, oh my God, isn't he something else? Oh, he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, and then it turns out he's like the nicest guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, really, it's not, it's not the words. It's, it's, we get caught up in like what we consider to be outside. The, everybody wants to say, oh, I'm outside the box. But somebody's got to be in the box. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're outside the box. And, and what is the box? But people say, be outside. The, I mean, I think some things are just catch all words. It sounds hip to say when you're an artist. Yeah. When you when you did Star Search and you beat uh, Dennis Miller and you lost to the the guy who does the voices on that show. Uh, yeah. What, what's his name? Uh, uh, John John Cassier. Yeah, yeah. Like, was that like? Um, because like it, it turned like in my opinion, it turned out you actually won because you know you got all the specials and stuff and all that guy I got was the show as a dead puppet, you know? Well, we used to say this, the kiss of death sometimes was winning on Star Search. Yeah. Now, Brad Garrett, it worked out for him. Remember, this is the difference between Star Search and American Idol and all that crap. <laughs> Everybody on Star Search, whether it was a singer or entertainer, was already doing something, was already singing. We just needed that boost. But it wasn't like, oh God, I hope I'm funny. Oh God, I hope I can sing and cry because this is what I always wanted to do. Man, I'm already doing it. We were already doing it. It was just a chance to get some TV time. Yeah. Is that, is that before you did the Red Fox show? Yeah. Yeah. When you, when That's you... before I moved to LA. Oh, really? Where, where were you before Star Search? I was just living on the road. I, I, when I did Star Search, I'd only been doing comedy for about a year. Yeah. Because you were in the military. I was in the military, kicked out the military, went to college before that. I had a crazy life, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember growing up, I, I, I watched you and, um, and actually three of my favorite movies, uh, First Kid, uh, House Guest, and Jingle All the Way. And I find Jingle All the Way to be, <laughs> be the best Christmas movie ever, you know? It's, it was in what? It was a cool opportunity, man. It was, it was, I think it became more of a, a cult Christmas film than when it first came out, you know? Yeah. And I heard a rumor, I don't know if this is true, but did you beat out Joe Pesci for that part? I think it was a couple of people. There was Joe Pesci for that part. Uh, my man from, uh, from uh, New York, uh, NYC Blue, he was up for that. Oh. Uh, Jeff, uh, God, why am I tripping? Jeff. Tall, the tall actor man has his own theater, and, and you know, he was up for that part. There was two people for that part, man. Yeah. I think I got the part because um, I don't know someone that was big or somebody that was that was like he could toss with and that was funny. Yeah. 
and you, your chemistry with Arnold Schwarzenegger really worked out too. Oh yeah, man, it was cool, brother. <laughs> and the the thing is, like, because like I have Asperger, so I I catch all these facts. But you did how you did House Guest with Phil Hartman, and then you did a Jingle All the Way. And did you know Phil Hartman was in that too? No, man, we didn't know what we went until you know, cause we only had one time on the set together. Yeah. But like that, like that's like one of those uh, interesting, you know, you work with the same people type things, you know. But man, Phil was man, I, I, man, it was fun working with Phil Hartman. We just had something that worked, man. We, we had something that worked. Yeah, he was so funny and so, um, like, I think he's like the best person to ever come out of SNL. And then, like, when he was on news radio, he was the funniest guy on that show. You know? Well, he was. He was. You no, know he was the best utility man. I think he was the best utility man that Saturday Live ever had. Oh yeah, totally agree. But, yeah, and then I think it, I think Hollywood was finally figuring out how to use him, and then we lost him. Yeah, it's so sad how we lost him too. Yeah. Um, did you when you did House Guests and the, you know when you were doing the McDonald's and stuff, like <laughs> was that like the the scene that everyone knew you from because like uh, you just come out with the McDonald's and then the gangsters come after you and you like give them to a kid you give the McDonald's to a kid and you're running and stuff. Man, the McDonald's scene, the scene in the car, talking about being attacked by a shark. Um, <laughs> Us singing about uh, Camp Maple Ridge, uh, end of the movie where we're doing a song about barbecuing. Dude, there was some, there was some cool moments in there, man. Yeah, there, there should have been there should have been a sequel. You should have like pushed for that. They did, man. They did do a sequel, dude. It's terrible. But you weren't in it. No, they did. No, no, they did the sequel to to uh, Jingle All the Way, man. Oh yeah, yeah. That that one. I didn't even watch that one. It had like it had like Larry the Cable Guy or something, right? Yeah, man, it was horrible, man. Uh, do do you find uh like doing uh, movies with stand-up comedians a lot easier than doing it with like actors? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is an actor, but you did Meet Your Man with like Cosby and uh, Eddie Griffin and Robert Townsend, you know, like comedians. Like, which one did you find easier to do? I mean, it's it's not about easier or harder. I, comics, comics are drama. I love them. comics can do everything, but I like working with I like working with Desmond and just actors too because they bring something else out in you. So I don't care who I work with, man. I, I just like working. Yeah, Meteor Man was awesome though. Like, did you you know how when Black well, Panther Meteor, like Meteor Man was an actor, Meteor Man? I had just landed in L. A. Was going home, and uh, Robert asked me if I would be in the movie. I was just sitting in the trailer, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's great about uh, Meteor Man that I find awesome is because, one, it's funny, but do you remember when Black Panther came out and everyone was saying, like, how he's the first uh, black superhero or whatever? In my opinion, Meteor Man was because, like, that was... Meteor Man. <laughs> you know? Like, Meteor Man was one, was one of the first, man. <laughs> well, but, but, but you remember this whole Black Panther controversy you know what I mean it's like what about Meteor Man did you guys not watch that you know but you know what I think because the book Black, Black Panther was like the, you can't take anything from Black Panther yeah it was it was, it was, it was <laughs> remember we had, we had a before that my man a Carl Lumley played a, a, a black a superhero oh yeah back in the 80s 90s man yes uh, I, what was that so called we had a couple yeah 
We've had a couple on the 54, man. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. That one was called Love Me, man. I gotta, God, I gotta find that again, man. <laughs> And then there's there's a movie out there that uh, everyone says exists, but like we, no one really knows. It's about where you played a genie. Is is that like something someone made man, up? If they, if, they can, if they can find it, man, more power to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be great, though. Like, uh, like, did you actually film something like that or no? Nope. Oh man. So how did that story like come out? Because like that was a big thing. I have no, I, I have no idea, bro. <laughs> it, it, it popped up about five years ago. I thought they were playing. I don't even know why it popped up. <laughs> everybody has this. Everybody has a distinctive memory of this movie, but they can't tell you three scenes. Yeah. <laughs> they can't give you. They can't say three scenes. Uh, the 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 western you did the Cherokee Kid that one was fun too. Now that was that was one of my favorite movies. Yeah, did, did you? What was it like uh, filming a western? Man, I look. Every kid wants to do a western. Yeah. And, I, and I'm a black cowboy. I ride horses and everything. So I was in heaven. <laughs> I was in heaven, man. Yeah, that was awesome. And now, when you do stand up, you you tell jokes, and then like when I saw you, you uh, you played a flute. And uh, 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 you did uh, you did like a funky band thing too. So like, but you did I'll like I do I mix music. I'm I'm mix comedy. Um, now I'm working on learning some new instruments like keyboards and, and trombone and sax and bass, guitar. So you know I I do I'm having fun with everything. Yeah, and the thing is like you've always been doing stand up too. So like that's like. That's like the dream, you know, because I want I want that dream to just do stand up every single week, you know. See, I'm out there every weekend, so I'm, I mean, I'm blessed because now remember I'm 63 years old this year, so sometimes the road it takes its toll. This, it, it, I, the body needs more sleep now. Yeah. The older old you get, man, you don't repair, dude. You don't <laughs> repair right. <laughs> really? I mean, like I I know that the older you get, the harder it is to lose weight. Because like I used to be so skinny and now like I'm not so skinny yeah that's, that's, that's God's payback for the desserts <laughs> all those McDonald's that I started eating after house guest yeah man <laughs> <laughs> but uh when you when you beat uh, Dennis Miller on Star Search like uh, because you're two totally different type of comics uh like was that like one of those Cause you don't strike me as a guy who's like, who was like all bragging, like, "Ooh, I beat Dennis Miller," but that's still like a huge accomplishment because he's, you know what but I mean? Remember, man, Dennis, me at that time. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were all, we all just, we were all just comics trying to make it. Also, remember this: losing or winning as a comic has nothing to do with who's the funniest. Yeah, that's you, true. You do shows like that, you, you hope you can win the money. Like you want to win the money, you, you get, you hope you can stay on TV longer. But it creates your audience, but it has nothing to do with who the funniest person is. Yeah, that, that's one hundred. Like singing competitions, it, it sometimes has nothing to do with who the best voice is. Yeah, you know which one I like. I like the one where like they turn around their chairs and then like the person sings. The voice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one's good because then it's like, huh, you don't know if they're attractive or what, whatever. You know, you you judge them by their voice. Yeah, but that show was more for the judges than for the, the contestants. Yeah, that... Remember, all, all all the judges are going to have better careers. Name me two people from The Voice that are going on to have a great career. I, uh, 
You can't. No, I can't. It's not made. It's not made for the contestant. It's made for the judge. That's true. Because I can name like two people from American Idol, even though I've never seen an episode. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Have you ever wanted to like uh, start your own talk show, like the Sinbad show? Like even though you had the Sinbad show, but like a talk show. I had a show. I, was, I did Vibe back in uh, 98, 99, 2000. So I did a show called Vibe that was uh, produced by Quincy Jones. But I... In the day, they wanted me to do a talk show, but I was so busy. I just wanted to do movies. And once you do a talk show, you, you, your your time is kind of done as far as making movies and making TV series. Yeah. Now you can do a lot more. I would I wouldn't mind doing a talk show now. Ah. but I don't know if they but I don't know if they want somebody my age to do a talk show now. The world's flipped. They're looking for the new young person, and rightfully so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, if I had a whole bunch of money, I would produce a talk show for you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, as long as I could like do a comic like a you know like Carson where they like you do five minutes and he like as long as I get the thumbs up from you that's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like it doesn't matter if it helps my career as long as Sinbad thinks I'm funny I could live with that you know. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a couple more questions and then I'll let you head out. Uh, you're doing um. The, the casinos compared to comedy clubs which one do you think is a a lot smoother for what you do because like casinos didn't really always do comedy clubs until recently you know what I mean like they've turned it into a comedy club in the casino well no casinos have always had you know casinos have always had comics and, and bands I think they go hand in hand uh, for me I like the mixture I like doing the theater I like doing the casino I like to. I, my thing is about a comedy club. I can stay one place for three or four days and let my body kind of heal up. Yeah. You know, but you don't have you don't have much of a day because you do two shows. Thursday might do one show. Friday two shows. Saturday two shows. Sunday shows. You're you're beat up pretty much as your time. But that's a, that's five shows to keep honing your craft. Yeah. And you get to stay in one place where I have to fly. Now casinos. <laughs> I love casinos, but usually I'll do one on a Friday, then a different one on Saturday. So let's catch that flight, go next place. Catch the flight, go next place. Yeah. But I love the I love the casino audience too. I I used to open for Norm McDonald a lot, and whenever we did at casinos, they'd pay him in chips, and then he'd be rushing to the poker table. Well, I don't get paid in chips, but I ain't gamble my money away. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But like that's why it's like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, no, brother, I ain't giving my money back. Yeah. But uh, but no, like, but like comedy clubs, they, you know, it's just like there's no poker tables, and like if you're more interested in uh, playing games like that, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it, I I personally find casinos very hard because you hear all that racket, you know. Trying- I don't know, man. To me, they're all they're all different opportunities just to do stand up. Yeah. You know, I don't see anything as easier or harder. Yeah. So, well, my last uh, couple of questions is, uh, like, you you said that, like, uh, in a previous in- interview that uh, comedy is, uh, the thing that makes you great at comedy is the lack of fear. And the thing is, I, yeah. I, I have, um, I have a form of autism called Asperger syndrome. So, like, uh-huh. comedy is, like, really hard for me because I'm, I'm a, I can't read people. So, like. Like as you could tell, phone interviews might be a little awkward for me too. But uh, but like when I'm no, I didn't pick it up. Nigga, you said you had Asperger's, but usually you can pick it up. So when you're on stage, you can't read people's emotions. Yeah, 
like I can't hear laughter and stuff. So I just wanted to say, like, I just wanted to ask, like, how do you conquer that fear? We know, man, you gotta realize this. If that's your thing, everybody has something they can do, right? Everybody has. What do you pick up? What is? What makes you different? What can you pick up? I uh, like I can't read people, so like when I tell jokes, I I I try and think of like I'm just telling jokes in front of like people I love, you know, like my family and stuff. Yeah. So now when you're telling jokes, you can see people laugh though, right? Yeah, I can see people laughing, but I mean I can't hear the laughs. So it's so you don't hear laughter. No, and see that's one. You can hear words, right? Yeah. Hear words, right? I hear words. You can't hear laughter. No, I hear hecklers sometimes. So that's wild, man. I'm trying to think of what it'd be like. I'm trying to think what it'd be like not to hear laughter. Yeah. That's, that's, that's different. Did you ever talk about that on stage? Yeah, yeah, I do. And, like, actually, Norm was one who told me uh, to, like, concentrate yeah. more on time of the joke and not worry about yeah. that. So. Yeah, give it give it time to do what it do. But you can still see people. You can see the miles moving. You can, you can see all that, right? You yeah. You can see smiling. You can see that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, but I can't, yeah, I could definitely see that, but I can't tell, like, when someone's smiling, if they're, like, smiling because I'm funny or smiling because I'm awkward, you know what I mean? Oh, man, you always assume they're smiling because you're funny. Oh, okay. You just assume that shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't ever, you don't ever assume they're smiling because I'm awkward. You always assume they're smiling because I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Man, hell yeah. That, that's really hard to do in bar shows, though, when, like, they're throwing darts at you, you know? I don't care. Don't dart to me because I'm the man. <laughs> I'm the man. <laughs> so, you think I should just, uh, like, do you have any advice on other people who have, like, other fears like that? Because, like, what's your biggest fear when you go on stage? Okay. If you can't see the laughter, you hear the laughter. Remember, comedy is so connected to laughter. You've got you've to gotta start trusting what you see. Yeah. You can see a smile, right? Yeah, yeah. You can see when somebody's chuckling and grinning, right? Yes. Then that's what you that's what you gauge it on. Ah, awesome. That's uh, what you gauge it on. And you might want to start your show telling the audience, "Look, man, tell them what, hey, who you are. I have Asperger's. I can't tell when you're when you're when you're when you're smiling or laughing with me. So I'm assuming I'm funny as hell." <laughs> that that's a great joke. Are you, yeah, just start right there. I, so I'm assuming so if you if you make a little smart eloquent remark, I still take that up. I'm funny as hell. Well, how I start my show is like uh, I say like I have a form of autism called Asperger's syndrome, and what it's like is uh, everyone has two parts of the brain, a right and a left. And if you imagine there's a guy on a typewriter in each of those parts typing, uh, one guy's over typing and the other guy's just lying back eating Cheetos. So the stuff that's not funny, that's the Cheeto guy. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm high-level ADHD. <laughs> they tested me. I didn't even know it, man. They said I had one of the highest levels of ADHD they had ever tested. Oh, really? They said, how do you, con- they said, how do you concentrate? I said, think about it. I'm in the perfect job where I don't have to concentrate. Oh. Job where people think I'm doing a callback. I just forgot about that. It came back to me. <laughs> so it's never a planned callback. The yeah. shit just comes back. And I've learned to accept it. <laughs> Have you ever done like 45 minutes and then you started doing the exact same 45 minutes because you didn't know? I've done 45 minutes and ended up doing brand new 45 minutes. So it makes me right on time. I forgot what I talked about. 
trying to end up writing another hour. <laughs> and then you repeated the first I, hour? I, no, I, I even asked the audience, hey man, have I gone down this route with y'all before? <laughs> and they're like, let's go another route. I'll tell the audience, where do you want me to go? Yeah. Wow. Wasn't that, uh, you were you playing tonight at which casino? Uh, shoe mash. Shoe mash. Well, I wish uh-huh. you. I wish Santa Barbara. Yeah, I wish you the the best of luck, man. I wish I could go, but I'm I'm doing the Irvine Improv actually with Craig Shoemaker. Oh, good man. Yeah. Good man. So, but I love you very much, and thank you so much for finally doing it. I know you've been busy, and uh, you know, uh, it really means a lot to me. You're one of my heroes, man. But thank you, do man, and have fun tonight. All right, Sinbad. Take care. I'll talk to you later, buddy. And remember this, if you, if you don't kill, you don't know. Oh, that's a good advice. Yeah, think about it, man. <laughs> so you can tell everybody every night, I think I killed it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, man, how'd you do tonight? Don't say I don't know, say I killed it. <laughs> Until uh, I hear otherwise, I killed it. Yeah. It's like I killed it and I was on stage until everyone left. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zenvat, I love you, pal. Thank you so much, man. All right. Take care, man. All right. Bye. Peace. All right, guys. That was Sinbad. Uh, awesome interview. And uh, that was great, man. Uh, follow Sinbad on social media. Uh, I put away all the notes because uh, I was texted Sinbad had something to do in that, an emergency, and then he called me. So... That was really cool because I thought I got rescheduled. Uh, but follow Sinbad on Twitter at SinbadBad. And, uh, you know, he's the awesome, funniest guy in the world and the nicest guy in the world. Also, remember, if you like the show, please uh, subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee. Right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, write, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there www.stereo.com slash Keith Reza and on Cameo www.cameo.com slash Keith Reza If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it and we'll rift with you again soon.